Welcome to Carson Chatter, a podcast focused on Carson City, the people who shape it, and the real estate that defines it. I'm Cena Lloyd, Carson City Library Director, and I am here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Garrett Lapeer, local real estate agent with Century 21 Jim Wilson Realty. We have another great guest this week for you, along with our weekly segments, Community Connections, and Lapeer's Corner. Stay with us, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. On this week's segment of Lapeer's Corner, we're going to talk about all the new construction that's coming to Carson City. I want you to picture and imagine in your mind Paul Revere riding his horse, screaming, the construction is coming, the construction is coming. That's what's happening in Carson City. It's been many, many decades since we've had so many new developments, and all these new developments have different price ranges all at one time. And here's why this is important, and I've spoke about this and, and many times before on the podcast, but it's so important that I'm going to rehash it one last time here. If you own a already existing home and you're thinking about selling it, there's a lot of people right now that are thinking about selling their property and either downsizing or upsizing and getting into maybe one of these new developments. The resale market's going to take a, take a hit based on all this new construction coming on the market. So the buyers are going to have a choice of not only choosing between all the existing homes that are going to be available, but also all the new construction that's out there. Um, And I think what's going to happen with the resale market is it's just going to soften it up some. So you're going to see more existing homes stay on the market for a little bit longer. And I think you'll see a few more of them on the market. Um, And... um, if you give the buyer the choice between a new home and an existing home, you know, seven times out of 10, they're going to pick that new construction, even if the price is a little bit more, or maybe it doesn't have everything exactly that your, that your existing home has, just because it's new and no one's ever lived there before. Um, and that, you know, that doesn't uh, you know, take, into the, take into account the fact that people get to pick their own colors, their own flooring, uh, cabinets, countertops, things like that when they go and have a, a new home built for them. Um, so the existing market, if you're thinking about selling your property, I really do think that this spring and summer is going to be the last real chance before this new construction affects the market um, for the resales. So if you're thinking about selling your property, this spring and summer is the time to do it. Even right now is the time time to get it on the market um, and, and um, keep yourself away from having to compete with all these new subdivisions. Time's on your side a little bit in the fact that there's, um, there's a few new, new home subdivisions that are available now, but it won't be until later in the year that you're going to have a, um, a full variety of choices for those new home developments. Um, so make sure if you're thinking about selling your property, you want to know what it's worth in today's market, uh, that you reach out. And I'd be happy to help you with that. You can contact me. Um, you can also go to my website, sellingcarsoncity.com, uh, and get an idea of what your home is worth as well. Thanks for listening. We're going to be right back with Jody Farrell, who is the escrow officer for First American Title Company here in Carson City. Welcome back. We're with this week's guest, Jody Farrell from First American Title Company here in Carson City. Jody's an escrow officer, and uh, thank you for coming on the show, Jody. Welcome. Thanks for having me. You betcha. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to, came to work into the title industry? Okay. Well, I grew up in a small town in northern Michigan, 
And in my early 20s, I decided I needed to see the sun, so I moved to Arizona. <laughs> and then I uh, found the best of both worlds in Tahoe, and I could ski and see the sun at the same time. Um, so I've been in Tahoe, the area. I lived in Truckee for 20 years. I've been here since 1992 and in the valley for six years. Nice. So, And in my time in Truckee, I met an escrow officer that needed an assistant, and I was hooked, absolutely hooked, loved it. Well, and if you were still in Truckee, you'd probably still be uh, trying to bury yourself or get unburied from all the snow that's exactly. up there. Yeah, I don't miss that part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, believe it or not, I've lived here my whole life. I've never been skiing. I've never been snowboarding one time. Are you serious? Yeah. Done plenty of sledding, but just never okay. really wanted to do that. Well, living with the snow is also shoveling, too. So Exactly. Exactly. So um, what you do for a living is is you help, you help coordinate um, real estate transactions. Tell us about the title industry and why it's so important in the process of buying and selling real estate. Okay. Well, there's actually two parts of, of the process. Title and escrow are two separate things. So title insurance is really important because a buyer doesn't want to rely on having no loans or liens or anything. I've cleaned up uh, liens and loans from 20 years ago that the seller didn't know anything about. So it's a really important thing for a buyer to be insured by a company. Um, to avoid those risks. So, so essentially what you're doing is you're, you're providing an insurance policy for that new buyer mm -hmm. that if that seller, let's say they had work done on their house and they decided that they weren't going to pay the handyman for whatever reason, that that handyman goes and puts a lien on the property the new buyer buys the property, closes escrow, um, and, and then maybe the lien goes on after that. Mm -hmm. It protects that new buyer from having to pay that. Correct. They would have a reason for a title claim, and we, our attorneys, would fight that or s somehow supplement that to the buyer financially. So instead of hiring an attorney to to fight it, you come back to the title company for that. Great, great. Mm -hmm. And how long does that title insurance go back? Does it go back to when the house was originally built? Um, yes, actually, since it was created. And, there's a chain of title. I mean, chain of title is different than a title search. That's It's more elaborate. But we're looking at the the records, anything that hasn't been resolved, like an old loan that's never been reconveyed and removed from the records. So that's a lien against your property. Um, if the buyer has a new lender, that lender wants to make sure they're in a first lien position. So it's it's insuring both the buyer and the lender, two separate policies. Okay. So And the lender will insist on that coverage. The buyer, a lot of times, has no idea why they're getting title insurance. But um, in seeing the reasons you can lose your home, I mean, there's forgery, there's more fraud now, so we want to definitely ward off those types of things. Great. And, and that's a good point. Um, title insurance is only mandatory. Yeah, it, it's always recommended. You should always do it no matter what. But it's only mandatory if the buyer's getting a new loan from a bank. The lender's title insurance is mandatory. The owner's policy is, is considered optional. Okay. But then... Your premium for the lender policy is much higher, and in our area, the seller paying for the standard title insurance policy is a benefit to the buyer. Why wouldn't you take that? Correct. So Correct. And that's fairly customary where the seller pays for the owner's policy, Correct. and the buyer pays for the lender's policy if there's a loan on the property. Correct. Okay. 
Now tell us about the escrow side of the business. Escrow is a neutral third party. Um, escrow coordinates. I always say I'm playing Twister and Drums at the same time, and it's, and it's fun. I mean, it's a fun job. I'm never bored, and time flies by. Um, we work with everyone, the agents like yourself, both sides, the seller's agent, the buyer's agent, the lender, all the inspectors, the vendors. Um, sometimes, like you said, if there's a repair to be made, we're dealing with that. And then a lien period, uh, we're coordinating everything to make the deadline for close. So we want all the invoices in and then coordinating the loan documents and searching, you know, the title report, making sure we're removing all the liens and getting all the payoffs in. So there's a, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Correct. And, and, and really the dirty little secret of the business is that the title companies are the ones who make the agents look good. Uh, keeping everything coordinated, keeping everything going and saying, hey, I need this. Hey, remind you of that. Um, but the big thing that you guys do too is you, you take care of all the money. So all the money yes. flows through you guys. The money and the documents for the most part. I mean, you have your contracts and everything that you do. We get a copy of that. Um, and then we coordinate the escrow documents for closing and the lender's documents and recording the documents with the county records. Perfect. Perfect. Good explanation. Um, what should someone expect as they're going through the process of, let's say, buying a home? Um, how does that title process work? And what are some of the uh, most frequent questions that you get? Well, I would say the biggest thing is remaining flexible because you may have a target date to close, but anything can go wrong. Um, everything can go right, but sometimes things don't go the way you want them to go. I mean, FedEx can have a weather delay or, um, you know, there's a leak in the roof. I mean, anything can happen. So to remain flexible and not rigid in your timeline is key, I think, to being happy through the transaction. Yep. Um, you know, one, one of the things, one of the biggest questions I get, especially in Carson City, uh, is a lot of people who want to sell their homes without an agent. Right. And you know, they'll come to me for advice, and as a neutral third party, I, mean, I can't give legal advice, but I do give the advice of please contact a real estate professional to represent you. I mean, this is not your profession, it is their profession. It's going to keep them out of a uh, court of law, mm -hmm. and any um, liens, issues, um, not liens so much, that's us, but disclosure issues, and I mean, you know. So, I mean, if I could rightfully answer that, it would be hire, hire an agent right. to represent you. Right. It's not your daily job. So it's your daily job, but not the buyer or the sellers. Correct. And, and I, I see that with for sale by owners. Not that they don't know what they're doing and not that they don't market their home well or know their home and be able to, to you know, to tell the benefits and the amenities over to a buyer. Of course, they can do that. But where the lack of knowledge really comes in is disclosures. Absolutely. So. And, and a lot of times, I mean, we've gotten really creative since 2008, you know, since the fallout. People are really trying to make it happen for them any way they can. Right. And we're here to help them do that. Right. So I, I, I can't give them the advice you can give them. But a lot of times the sellers will, well, I'll carry the, the mortgage on it for the buyer. I'll carry the loan. And then comes to play of a note servicer because people don't keep records the way they should. Or, or maybe they do, but then the buyer and the seller don't agree. Correct. So it's just important to have the right players representing you and, and working for you. Exactly. Oh, and, and one last little note on those for sale by owners, and, and here's here's your free little tip for all you for sale by owners out there. There's a form called the Seller's Real Property Disclosure Form. Um, and people think that if they don't use a real estate professional, that these forms are not part of their real estate transaction. Um, and some of them aren't. 
they're correct about that, but there's one in particular called the seller's real property disclosure form. And that is where the seller discloses over to a potential buyer any problems that they know with the property. So water damage, any problems with the appliances, plumbing, electrical, things like that. Um, and that form has to be filled out and has to be part of every transaction, whether there's an agent involved or there's not an agent involved. And that's where people don't just don't know that. And as a buyer, I mean, how you, of course you want that information. You want to know if there's a problem with the dishwasher or the oven um, or the electrical system. You know, it's important for you to know that. And I think that also affects how you negotiate that deal as well. So it's important, you know, for people who are going to go do their own thing to at least make sure that you have the right paperwork. You know? And I'd be happy to help you with that paperwork. You guys can always reach out and contact me for something like that. So um, what is your outlook on the title industry? And just overall for the real estate market locally, you know, you, you see a lot of things that I don't necessarily see as an agent. You see for sale by owners. You see refinances. So right. What are, what are you seeing right. in your neck of the woods? Well, I think, you know, title insurance being a state-regulated product, I don't think will ever really go away. Nope. Um, it replaced, in a lot of areas, a lot of states, it replaced what attorneys do. If, if the attorney didn't do their job well or they did something wrong or didn't catch a lien, then the buyer would have to sue the attorney. Well, now you have title insurance in place, so now you're coming back to us if something comes up on a lien or, or whatever. So um, I, I think just keeping abreast of current events. I mean, we have so much more fraud now. Um, wire fraud, it happens, we've caught it, you know, money is going to Russia and China and, you know, hacking into emails, that's what happens is if you don't change your passwords on your email, it, you can be hacked and someone's changing your wire instructions and then your money's going somewhere else. So I try to be very proactive and I send things securely mm-hmm. via email. They have to have a password to open it and we'll set that up ahead of time or I'll, I'll code it like it's the zip code or something like that. Um, we've got a lot of reconveyance fraud, which is um, a reconveyance is something that gets recorded with the county to remove the loan of record, where people are recording their own reconveyances when that loan isn't actually paid off. So we, we're trying to take precautions on that. You'll see more and more things in the title reports now of like uninsured deeds, people who record documents outside of a title insurance transaction. A title company then has no one to fall back on except for the person that recorded it. So we'll, re- we'll require an affidavit signed by them that they did in fact sign that document that got recorded. So there's, I think we're just more conservative, if you will, and trying to be proactive and knowledgeable about what's going on in the country and the world. Right. You know. And taking more more precautions with emails and, and, yes. and financial instructions, financial information, yes. those kind of things. And people that have done transactions, I just dealt with it today. A woman, she said, I've sold 20 properties and I've never had to do this before. And it's like, well, welcome to current events. I mean, Correct. we're just, we're here for your protection. And we're doing this because we're protecting the buyer. And I, I don't know what to say other than things just keep changing. Right. And, and that's and that's the thing. And I, I, I tell my clients the same thing that, you know, all this paperwork, yes, it's a pain, but it protects everybody. There's a reason that that form is there. There's a reason that that hoop is there to jump through. Right. And I'd rather it be safe, you know, go out of your way to be safe and protect our consumers rather than, oh, forget about it. It doesn't matter. It really does matter. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about reconveyance. Yeah. That's something that I see a lot is yeah, a reconveyance is where you've paid off your loan. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. So you've owned your home for however many years, hopefully not 30, hopefully you paid it off a little before then, um, and you get from the bank, the bank sometimes will just send it down to the recorder's office in, in the county that your property is located in. Sometimes they send it directly to you, and you don't realize that you need to go down and record that so it actually shows through the public records that you've paid your property off. And tell me some tell me some stories or, or tell oh me gosh. why that's important. It's it's so important. I mean, the lenders used to always send the deed of reconveyance to the borrower. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many times we've had to chase down the lender or who acquired the lender's interest in that mortgage or the lender who sold it three or four times and, and finding the entity that can sign a new reconveyance because it's been lost. Now they pretty much send it, an institutional lender will send it direct to the county, for the most part. Now if you have a private loan, that's a whole different ball of wax. Correct. <laughs> so Correct. you want to bring in the original note, marked off by the seller that it's been paid. The original deed of trust isn't necessarily required because it's already recorded, mm -hmm. uh, if it did get recorded to a public record. And then the lender, the seller, usually in a seller carryback situation, uh, the lender would sign a, a request for reconveyance and that needs to be notarized. There, in the body of the deed of trust, there's a trustee section. Mm -hmm. The trustee is the person or the entity that has the power to either reconvey the loan or foreclose if, if you know, Don't make if they're not getting paid exactly. So, usually it's a title company as the trustee if a title company prepared the documents for you when gotcha. you close. So. However long it takes to pay off that loan, you go back to the title company with those papers, and there's fees, which obviously will change over time, um, but a minimum usually of $45 in the state of Nevada, okay. um, plus processing fees and then recording fees, and then we send it to the county for recording. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I, I have an interesting story on, on reconveyance deeds. So, um, gosh, this was probably about five years ago now, right in there. Um, property here in Carson City, um, and it was a gal who um, had, was now living in California. And that property that she owned here um, was a single-family detached home, um, and she was the original owner. And the house was about 35 years old. So original owner, she still owned it as a rental and then had a new primary residence in California. Uh, well, she paid like $35,000 for this house way back when. So it's been paid off for a long, long time. Well, we went to go sell that. And um, this is why title is important as well. Went to go sell that, um, opened up escrow, I don't know, 10 days, 14 days after we opened up escrow, um, Title officer called me and said, hey, we're showing that there's a, a loan on here, a small one of, I think, 28000 27000 something like that, um, and we need to get the information to get that paid off. And I'm like, I think this is free and clear. We had that conversation, so let me double check. And so I call my client, and she goes, oh, yeah, I paid that off You know, within the first 10 years of owning the property. Um, Come to find out that bank was no longer in service. It was gone. Um, and the title, title officer, title company was able to track down whoever had the paperwork and got a reconveyance to show that she had paid that off about 10 years after she had bought the property. Um, therefore, she didn't have to hold any money in escrow or hold up closing escrow and didn't have to pay one dime because they were able to find the paperwork that shows that. So that's why those reconveyances are, are, are very important. And this is another thing that happens behind the scenes between title companies too. Mm -hmm. So if, if a title company paid off that loan or if it was paid off in a transaction, that title company insured it, we, we the new title company handling the sale, can go back to that title company to get a, what's called a letter of indemnity that they were taking responsibility for that release. 
So gotcha. that's a lot of times we can just ensure around things. And the, like I said, those are the things that happen behind the scenes. If And, and nowadays, and I might be um, jumping ahead or out of uh, context here, but a lot of people are going direct to the banks for their financing. A lot of home equity lines, they go direct to the bank. Okay. And the bank is getting a national title product rather than using someone local to the property. Um, and they provide the report and say, these are the problems and you need to clear it up. And they're making their consumer do that. That's my job. Right. I mean, so I, I've had a lot of frustrated clients calling saying, the bank's telling me I have to do this. And I said, well, who's your escrow officer? Mm-hmm. The escrow officer should be handling that for you. I mean, someone on the street isn't going to understand how to do those things. So, again, hire a professional. Um, it is the consumer's choice of who to work with. So working direct with the bank, don't let them choose for you. You need to say, I want to work with Jody Farrell at First American Title, and you know that's where I want my escrow handled. We do the title search. I do all that footwork instead of the client. Correct. And and, and, and that's an important note is um, the consumer always has the choice of, of title company. So as an agent, I always ask my clients, um, do you have a preference of title company you like to use? Um, and, and, and most of the time, I'd say it's probably about 50-50 where, where they come back and say, yes, I do. I'd like to use so-and-so. Um, and if not, you know, I, I give them an option of, of, you know, three, four people and, and give them my two cents on, 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 you know, what my past experience has been. Right. Um, so that's very important. And especially when you start talking about terminology um, that to be honest with you it probably took me two years after getting my real estate license to really get the lingo and the vocab and really understand what you guys do on your side of the transaction Um, and then your business is always changing and and, and there's new regulations there's new things new closing procedures that we just went through Um, so even for a professional who is licensed in this um, there was a a good learning curve for me on how this whole thing works so I can only imagine a consumer who's like I don't even know how to pronounce that word what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) right well and we have a lot of good choices here in Carson we really do as far I mean I know we have a lot of good escrow officers because that's my network I work with a lot of great agents and we just have a wonderful community that way we really do you know um, in, in Carson City we have about 600 licensed agents yeah and down in down in Gardnerville um they have Almost twelve hundred. They're 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 about double of of, of where we're at um, now. Not all those people are active. There are some people that are inactive, but those are licensed real estate people, um, and those numbers always kind of blow people away. They blow me away. Yeah. You know, there's so many people that have their real estate license. Well, and Carson's so central to everything too. So I'm I'm working with people in surrounding counties. I mean, I handle Gardnerville Minden properties all the time. Lyon County all the time. Washoe. It's. I mean, we're central, so it's kind of nice to have those great communities around us too. It's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. And, and I always kind of look at this at this area, um, especially from a real estate standpoint, but just from a, a lifestyle, live, livability standpoint, that, you know, Tahoe, Gardnerville, Carson, Lyon County, even Story County, um, uh, real rural uh, Lyon County, Smith Valley out that way, Reno Sparks, you know, it's one big metro area if you ask mm-hmm. me. So, and, and we're getting bigger and bigger every day. Oh, um, what are some of the things that you're seeing um, through the real estate local through the local real estate market? Are you seeing a lot of sales? You seeing a lot of refis? What's the most popular thing right now? Um, you know, there's a lot of cash deals, and I was surprised even after the fallout in '08 that mm-hmm. people were coming in with cash. So I was like, "Well, where did that come from?" You know, mattress money. You know, we always joke, exactly. but you know, when it's an all cash deal, we don't care if it's mattress money. But um, and 
that being a term of hidden money, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not, the not lingo. Yeah. Look at where I'm at. <laughs> uh, but we still have a lot of cash. I'm starting to see development come back finally. Um, I know that we lost a lot of our contractors and builders to day jobs that they had too because the market fell out. But um, it's great to see the development come back because Carson needs to grow. Um, in fact, I just heard that we have a vacancy rate of 2% now. Yep, on the, on the rentals. Yeah. So... And I, I just talked to an agent the other day that works in property management saying she will have one house and like 30 applicants when the, within the first hour. Yep. So I know we need more housing here, so I'm really happy to see the development. As a matter of fact, that's that will be yeah, that's the segment that is that was on before this segment comes on um, for this particular episode of the podcast is is talking about the construction is coming, the construction is coming, and 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 how much that's going to affect. You know, my theme of it is 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 how it's going to affect the resale market. Um, you know, we've we've seen new construction, um, never this much new construction all at one time, and so many different price points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, typically you could always go buy a new house in Silver Oak. And you know, from the in the four to six hundred thousand dollar range, um, but now you're gonna you're gonna be able to choose between something that's in the low two hundreds all the way up to the million dollar range, and there's there's hasn't been that at least for a long long time to be able to have that ability to buy in different price ranges with a new product, and people that are sitting on existing houses, I think um, that will soften that market a little bit. I, mean, I don't I don't I don't see a big dip in the prices coming, but I do think it will soften that market just a little bit. Looking forward to it. Yeah, well, and it's nice to have new homes to sell because you know, from my side of the business, you know, there's no home inspections. Right. You know, yeah, yeah appraisals obviously are a lot easier because you know, a, a new home subdivision they sell a model for X amount of dollars. That's what it sells for. In 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 for the buyers and and the sellers, that becomes a lot easier for them too. You know, it's easy. It makes everyone's life easier when the transaction's smoother and you don't have hiccups and and, and a bunch of hurdles you got to jump over. That's true. That's true. I'd still like to see some of the older homes refurbished, mm-hmm. you know, things that are, need to bring us back, our image back, I guess, or a better image. Exactly. So Exactly. And, and, and I think, um, you know, you, you brought up cash. Um, I've been surprised at how much cash is out there as well. Um, I think part of that is there's a lot of people um, who maybe didn't get hurt quite as bad or were able to hold on through the downturn um, and they just stuffed their cash and they saved it and they saved it and they saved it um, and there's and there's there's a good chunk of people too that said you know what I'm going to be here for a little bit longer in this house than what I thought I'm going to remodel the kitchen the way that I want it um, or I'm going to do the bathroom the way that I want it so we're seeing some of these resale homes have nicer features than what they may have had just because people People's plans changed. They had to stay there a little bit longer, um, and they weren't spending money like they were, you know, True. from 2003 to 2007. So, um, <laughs> and there's pros and cons on both sides of that fence. Absolutely. And we have retirees still coming here, too. We do. And cashing out the retirement and living in their forever home. Correct. You know. I I can't tell you how many times we get people, typically from California, but other states as well, that come over and they go... Really? I, this is what I get for three hundred, four hundred thousand. 400000 I mean, this would cost me a million, million and a half dollars where I'm from. Exactly. You know, you know it's, it's sticker shock, but in a good way. Yeah. It's not just California. I've had clients from Tennessee, Virginia, mm-hmm. Florida, Minnesota, I mean, recently from right. all over the country. So... Uh, definitely a destination. <laughs> lots of Washington State people. Yes, so a lot of Washington Oregon, State people coming yeah, down. Idaho, everything. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, so where 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 can somebody find you um, here in town? Where's First American Title, and how can they get a hold of you? Well, our address, because a lot of people use Google Maps now, 4620 South Carson Street, Suite Number 5. We are south of town, not all the way to Costco. We're at the bottom of 50, just north of 50 there in the uh, newer complex, the Carson Tahoe Quail Center. Um, next to the Chevron station behind Anytime Fitness, so I have no excuse not to go work out now. <laughs> and uh, GM Furniture is there also, so if you want to go and window shop for furniture, just don't buy anything if you're getting a loan. Don't put anything on credit until you close us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> good piece of advice. Um, and, and, and what's a good phone number for you, Jody? Uh, 775-671-3740. Perfect. And I want to wrap it up by asking you the famous question that we ask everybody that comes on the show. If there was no limits, what would be your big, hairy, audacious goal for Carson City? I would love to see the state capitol stand out as the state capitol instead of everyone assuming it's Vegas um, or Reno for that matter. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see our community... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess um, not adapt, but cater to a younger crowd. We really don't have much for the kids here. Um, as I said, I don't really have any great big ideas on what that is, but I think we definitely need to focus more on a younger, the younger environment. We are a retirement community for the most part. I handle a lot of death certificates, and that's just part of life. Um, but I think we need to be a state capital destination for not only the visitors that come here, but also the people that already live here to want to stay here. Correct. Correct. And, and help diversify that, uh, um, you, you know, the type of employment that's here and also that would also diversify the type of businesses that are offered here. Yes. Um, you know, you know, you know what I just found out and, and this probably make me sound stupid, but uh, the word yuppie, I, I, I was like, what, what's, what's yuppie? Who came up with yuppies? You know, and, and we used to go to San Francisco in my, in my early twenties and, 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 and we go, we go have fun, you know, usually once a month for the weekend and have a good old time. Uh, but we go to the yuppie district and have breakfast or have dinner. And, and I've never understood what yuppie stands for. Well, it's young urban professional. And I never knew that, that that's what yuppie came uh-huh. from. So I learned something new last night. Well, I've been using it wrong then. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of downtown, I want to bring up too that our sidewalks and the, and the elimination of the one lane, you know, I, I thought it was going to be a bad thing. You know, because everybody's always in a hurry, but I think it's made it safer for pedestrians. Driving through there, I was like, you know what, this really works. I think it was a great improvement. Definitely. The cars have, have certainly slowed down, um, and I know walking down there, you know, I walk down there every night. I live downtown, and I walk my, and now I can actually walk my dog on Carson Street. I always had to stay off, and you know, no closer than Curry Street, and now I can actually walk him down there, and, and there's enough room if people are walking by us that he's not going to, you know, try to, try to get them. Um, um, and more importantly, I think the beauty, the aesthetics of really, really good. Absolutely. So, Agreed. Appreciate yeah. you saying that. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. And um, if anyone has any title questions, thinking about refining, hopefully you're not thinking about being a for sale by owner. But if you are, <laughs> call Jody at First American Title. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Garrett. You're more than welcome. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Carson Chatter. You can subscribe via SoundCloud or iTunes by searching Carson Chatter Podcast. When you do, please leave a review as it makes it easier to find us. And please engage with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
by simply searching Carson Chatter Podcast. You can also email us at carsonchatterpodcast at gmail.com. See you again soon, and don't forget to tell a friend about this podcast. Mm-hmm.